the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and I am Cynthia Hyatt, your host. If you're just tuning in today for the first time, I want to encourage you to go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Lots of really inspirational things for you on the website, any of the uh, social media platforms as well, we're there. And you can certainly listen to the show straight off your computer if you go to the website, but you can also go to your you know, favorite podcast service, and we are most likely there. So I appreciate so much you listening, and I have a really exciting guest today, and this is Dr. Ford Layton. And he is a prolific speaker and author and artist and really has a passion for mentoring and coaching. And so he's got, I mean, incredible ministry credentials. You know, he was the associate evangelist and vice president of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, chairman of the Louisiana Committee on World Evangelism, and he's really preached the gospel to more than probably millions of people in 37 different countries. And the calling that he had when it came to really this mentoring and coaching came from uh, a tragedy with his son, Sandy, who was 21 years old, and really described this young man as having a heart for God and died on the operating table at the age of 21. And so his son was a gifted distance runner and and Leighton and had, you know, really felt called to help other young leaders run their race for Christ. And so this really turned into him having a worldwide impact. So, Leighton, thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, Cynthia. I'm glad to be with you. Nice to chat with you. Well, thank you. And you have forward our, our visit. Well, good. You have a book also called A Life of Listening, Discerning God's Voice and Discovering Our Own Discovering Our Own Voice, right? Right. 
So tell us, tell, tell us a little bit about that book. Uh, Cynthia, the, the, the focus of the book is that uh, there are so many voices that distract us, that are around us, that are surrounding us, all of the noise in our world today, uh, all the media that are constantly calling for our attention, and we get so easily distracted. But I believe as we, as we learn to listen carefully, uh, out of all of these different voices, to so the one voice that matters most, that's the voice of the Lord, we discover our own voice, who God has called us to be. So uh, I've been a speaker, as you say, all of my life. I've had the privilege of talking to large crowds and small crowds. But these last years especially, I've realized how important it is to listen. And Jesus said his sheep are the people who hear his voice and follow him. So I think listening is difficult in our world today, but very essential to a healthy life I and think, a healthy soul. I, I think you're... Right on, right on, I mean, spot on. I know that that's part of my job, and a lot of it has to do with we have so much in social media and news and TV and all this uh, ability to hear so many different things. And then it makes it hard for us to hear our own heart, and that makes it even more difficult to hear the heart of God for us. So how do you help people do that? (laughs) You know how I can answer that? You know how I should answer that? How you should tell I me? Should, I should, I should say nothing oh. and listen. <laughs> but, you, but you don't want five minutes of silence on this program. But yeah. you know, you're a, psych- yes. a psychotherapist. I think the most important thing is for people. I think for people to be listened to. Yes. I remember, uh, you know, when I was growing up, my uh, my adopted mother. I am adopted. She was a little lady who wanted to be a but she couldn't, and actually was pretty troubled. But um, when she punished me when I was a child growing up in Canada, she didn't thank me. She just gave me these long, long lectures. <laughs> and uh, I can, I still, I can't remember what her voice sounded like. But I, uh, I, I wish sometimes she'd just, you know, find another another way of doing it. Right, right. But, Get to uh, the point. I, I think, I, yeah. So I got, uh, I would get, I learned, I learned how in my mind to turn it off. And one of the, out of a full and busy life, which I've had the, the privilege of having, for me in these latter years, just to stop and have some quiet moments or places in my life and just to listen uh, has, is, is very important. It is a spiritual discipline. It's a biblical teaching to be, be still and listen for the voice of the Lord. So I, I would say the most important thing is to say, when do we stop and listen? There was um, a pastor who uh, was a very uh, pastor of a very large church and he felt that his ministry was going down the line because he wasn't paying attention to his own heart and soul and he called Dallas Willard who was quite a well-known philosopher and said Dallas what should I do and Dallas Willard said to him ruthlessly eliminate hurry and this guy said that's good and he wrote it down he said now what's next (laughs) (laughs) there ain't nothing just if we could just stop the point of really paying attention and listening, that would be a huge difference. It's not easy to do, but very, very important. I think that is very poignantly said, and I know that it is tough to listen for a lot of people. And and I think some of what happens with trying to hear the heart of God is that it takes practice to hear when he's speaking versus when you're hearing the voices of the world, the voices of pastors, the voices of your friends, of 
the past, you know, whoever it is. And it takes time to develop that relationship with God to actually know when it's his voice that you're hearing. And also when it's our own voice that he's hearing. Yes. And we have to, and you know this in your own practice, but I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, the prayer before all prayers is this, let it be the real God to whom I speak. Let it be the real I who speaks. And uh, do we know really, with all the noise that's going on, even all the talking that we're doing, um, what is it like when I really listen to my own heart with the Lord? I'm sitting here in the place in our home in Charlotte where a number of young men and women who are in ministry come. And for them to have someone just to stop and listen to them and let them listen to their own voice, sometimes tears will come. I remember a young pastor uh, some years ago came to me, and he was in our leadership program. He said, I remember when I was in high school, and I came home one day, and I had a special uh, prize, and my dad was sitting there reading his newspaper. His dad was a businessman, was a, had to be a Korean student. And he said, Dad, I want to tell you what just happened. His dad put his paper down. He told him, his dad said, oh, put his paper bank up again. And this young man said, I decided I would never tell my father again anything that really mattered to me. He said, I have it for 20 years. And I remember, as I, I still remember standing in a parking lot in the mountains near here and suddenly began to weep. But to hear, to hear the hurt even, there, a wounding place. You know, Henry and Alan talked about the wounded healer. But to face the wounds in our lives and to bring those openly into the presence of the healing God it's um, it's profound. It's simple, but it's profound. I think it's I think it's very profound, and I love C.S. Lewis. He's one of my favorite authors, and I I think it takes time for us to slow down. We want to kind of race ahead because we don't want to feel the things that maybe we need to feel, and we don't want to listen maybe to our own heart and and what we're really desiring or what we're really needing. And and so I think that's a really profound statement to to really be committed to honesty and say, you know, God knows the truth anyways. Why would I hide from him? He knows it anyways and he still loves me. And and yeah, that Yes, and I think it's tough because one of the greatest needs that humans have is the need to be seen, the need to be heard. And we all know what it feels like when we get misunderstood if we say something and have to try to clarify or prove or justify. And I think that's one of the beauties of what you do in your ministry is that you have people that that feel called to do that, that have chosen to do that, to enter into someone's life and to truly know them and hear them and see them and help them. Well, thank you. And it is a, is a calling, and I... You know, when we talk about leaders, we often think, oh, that woman, that man, they're a great speaker. And I know that's true. But how many do we know who we say they're great listeners? Jesus was a listener. Remember that wonderful story that uh, John tells in his gospel about the, the well in Samaria, and Jesus was there, and the woman came to draw water. And uh, that's when he told about the living water, about fullness of life. It's very interesting. The woman in that passage says four times as many words as Jesus did. Uh, he was a great teacher, but he also was a great listener, and that's when he opened up her heart, and that's when she found the living water. I, so yeah, he I, teaches yes. he's, he's a great listener. I think, that's, I think it's great direction. I, I really do, because one of the things I know that moves people more than anything is when they are when they're heard. 
and mm-hmm. and they're allowed to speak and they're ha- mm-hmm. and to have someone that's interested in what they're saying and interested in what they're feeling and doesn't judge what they're feeling or thinking or saying. To know that God listens like that. Yes. One of the Psalms, that I had a heart event some years ago, and the scripture that came to me right after that was from the Psalms, Lord, you heard my voice, you heard my cry. Uh, that was very important to me, by the way, growing up where I did in southwestern Ontario in Canada with a very devout, a very troubled mother. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, um, when I was 14, my mother had, had actually left home for a number of months. Uh, she was troubled. I didn't know where she was. She, had, she just had a lot of fears to deal with. And it was a lonely time. But I remember going to a youth conference, and the speaker talked about how he prayed. He said, when I pray, I walk up and down, because I'm sort of a nervous person. I just get walk up and down. And he said, I read the scripture and turn it into a prayer. And, uh, and then I pray it out loud. And I can remember taking my Bible. I still have it. The next morning, going out in the woods and looking around, hoping nobody would see me. It's embarrassing. Right. But uh, walking up and down, and I can't remember what psalm it was, but I opened to well, it. Well, you know, let me let you finish that story in this next segment because we're coming to a break. So, listeners, make sure that you join in with us again and listen to to these wonderful words that Leighton Ford is giving us. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. We have a wonderful guest with us. This is Leighton Ford. He's out of Charlotte. And he has a lifetime of really doing lots of ministry, and he now devotes most of it to coaching, mentoring, and and really the art of listening and how important it is to listen, not only to others, for sure, and to God, but also to your own heart. So, Leighton, take us back to this story that you were telling us. It was very in- intriguing. It was uh, when I was in my early teens, and uh, as I had mentioned, my, my mother, who was, I have to say, she was very committed to the Lord. She taught me the Bible, taught me, gave me a vision for living and serving the Lord. All of that was really good, but she was also filled with fears, and she left home went to another part of Canada for some months, didn't know where she was, but she did come back. But that summer, I went to this conference, and the speaker talked about how he prayed. And so the next morning, I did what he did. I, I took my Bible, went out to the woods, and he had talked about how he prayed, walking, reading a Bible verse, and turning it into a prayer. I can remember walking up and down. I thought it was a big wood. I went back several <laughs> years ago, and it was really a small wood. You know how you yes. exaggerate what you remember from being a child. Yes. It was a holy place for me. And I, I can't remember what scripture it was, but I realized that God was caring and listening for a lonely 14-year-old heart. That was very important to me. I had I'd known Jesus and trusted him before, but that was very important. Interestingly enough, that same year, a man came to our hometown to start what was then called Youth for Christ. And um, he appointed me as the director. When he found out he'd put a 14-year-old boy in this prison, he about had a heart attack. But <laughs> I was tall, so he thought I was 17. But that uh, that man um, helped me, mentored me, encouraged me, gave me advice, sent speakers our way. He was a great older friend. I mean, he, by the way, he was 104 when he died. He was still mentoring us. Saw scores of younger men. Oh, my. But wow. It was, it was 
it was through that that Billy Graham, who was not that well known at that time, came to speak at our youth rally. And we thought that everybody, because we all knew when Billy preached, people would come. And that night he spoke, and there was one little girl who made a rededication, but all of the friends I hoped would come to Jesus didn't. And uh, my brother-in-law, as he was later, Billy, came over, and I remember he put an arm around my shoulder, and he said, I see you have this desire that people know the Lord, and I'm going to pray for you, and you stay humble. I believe God will use you. So um, that voice, his voice, not just a voice from the platform, but that just personal voice of uh, to a young man was one of the formative influences in my life. Again, the voices that we listen to, there's so many voices that would, would pull us down, would judge us and condemn us and make us feel we're not worthy. But they have those singular voices which reflect the voice of Jesus and says, God has a purpose and a love for you. Um, I hope everybody has someone who can share that voice with them. That's, that's what's been my calling in life. Mm, I, I think it's wonderful because I do think that people need to hear it. And a lot of times, I don't know if you've experienced this, but there are some people I think wouldn't be interested at all. And so in, in the past, I may have kind of hesitated and thought, oh, I don't know if I'm going to you know, broach it. And then I come to find that a lot of what seemed like resistance was more fear and vulnerability. And they ended up talking to me for a great length of time, and then the people I thought really would talk to me maybe didn't. Someone, remember the name of Keith Miller? Yes, absolutely. I did a conference with him. He's a great man. A wonderful, wonderful lady, witness for the Lord, just a a great person, very interesting person. Uh, Keith once said, when, when, uh, when you listen to someone else deeply, it's as if you, and he was talking about a person of faith wanting to share their faith. He said, when you listen to someone else like, carefully, it's almost as if you put your finger into the, the rim of a cup and you run it down the inside the rim of the cup you find a cracked place. And when you do that sort of listening, it's as if you put your finger or God's finger perhaps in their soul and find that place of hurt, of longing, of need. It's there. So uh, that's why the ministry of listening can be so, uh, so not just yes. important. Powerful. It can be, can, be, can be a moment, a divine moment in someone's life. I think that, you know, it does seem to be like the things in our world that we think would be so powerful and so poignant many times aren't. And the things that, that are so, what seems so small or irrelevant, we find out are maybe the biggest things. I know I've had people say to me, you know, I will never forget when you said such and such. And I'm thinking, wow, I don't really even remember all of that. But to them, you know, I may not have known that I was speaking God's heart to them, but they felt it and they took it and they were able to take it in and heal from it. Well, again, it's the uh, the finger of the Lord and yes. the ear of the Lord. Yes, and it's learning how to really listen and also be able to hear, you know, His voice. I I, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to help people hear God's voice. Do you know? Do you coach people with that? Do you help people do that? Um, it's more Cynthia. Uh, probably this way with you. Uh, when someone comes and, and they want to talk about this, it's a matter of, of just waiting and listening. 
of listening to them prayerfully. And I do believe when you have a conversation that of that sort, it's not just a two-way conversation, it's a third conversation. It's, it's you, me, and the Lord. It's you, the other person, and the Holy Spirit who's listening. And as we prayerfully listen to someone else, I, I don't think we have to give people a technique of doing it. it. Of course, I will say, listen to Scripture and listen to deeply what's in your own heart and to wise people. That's all important. But I think if we can have that, that quiet time together and not be afraid of the silence, sometimes tears will come, sometimes a thought will come, almost surfaces. And then in the light of that, it uh, can say, how, how is God's, but what is God like? How do you sense God's presence? In this moment, it's not a technique. It's it's a, it's a relationship, a relationship of listening deeply. I think that's. I think it's very powerful, and I'm glad that you that you said that because I think I know in my own education that they like to teach a lot of quote unquote techniques, but I think that the earnestness and uh, of really wanting to love somebody, you know, and in that moment. You're wanting to really love them and not get in the way of Jesus. I think it, it helps to be able to hear better what God is doing. You know, you, you can't get yourself out of the way completely. But it is one of those things that I think that, that you said it really clearly when it's like it's not a technique. It's really the, the art of, of listening while they're talking, hearing what they're saying, and listening for the Lord's voice as well. And so, you know, I do have to tell you, well, we have one minute in this segment, but I wanted to tell you I'm adopted myself. And um, so it's, it's interesting when I hear of other people being adopted. And I know that I, one of the, when I talk about my testimony, one of the things I tell people is one of the hardest things for me, because I was nothing like my um, adopted family, was that I've, I used to feel like I was this mistake or that I just sort of appeared on the planet and God thought, uh-oh, I got to do something with Cynthia. And he so kindly said to me, you know, your parents may not have planned you, but I did. And it was wonderful to hear him say that to me. So, Leighton, thank you for being with us. And we're going to have Leighton with us the next half hour. So, listeners, make sure you tune in with us and join us back with Leighton Ford on The Art of Listening. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And we have Leighton Ford with us, and he has a ministry. It's a leadership training and teaching. He also does mentoring, and it's, it's truly whole life mentoring. And it really is about the need to listen and how important listening to people and listening with your heart is and, and how Jesus is the best listener. God is the best listener we could have. So, Leighton, thank you for being with us, and I'm excited to hear more about your um, adoption story and meeting your biological parents as well, right? Sure. Yes. <laughs> sure. Let, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't know I was adopted until I was 12, Cynthia, and I should have because I was six foot four and my adopted mother was four foot 11. <laughs> I didn't know that there was something different, but. Uh, he told me there had been an accident. I, I thought it was a car accident killed my parents, but I was the accident. Ah, uh, yes. He said, we, he said we chose to have you, and that made me feel very, very special. And uh, and the, what, the wonderful thing is that God adopts us in his family. Yes. But li, li, living with that reality uh, in the ups and downs of life is a challenge, even of ministry. And 
I would say, you know, that we're talking about listening. Listening is not something that the professionals do or the pastors do or people who are trained to do it. Um, some years ago, I was involved in, in the major, major project we had in Seattle, and it was not going well. It was difficult. Funding was difficult. Cooperation was not what we hoped for. And I remember I was very discouraged and flew home one night from Seattle to Charlotte. Gina met at the airport. And I said to her, as we got home, I don't know what I'm going to do. She said, what do you mean? I said, God just died. Hmm. So I felt on that flight right. that God had died. Wow. And it, it wasn't, that wasn't God's problem. It was, it was mine. So I said, what am I going to do? The people who work with me, I, I can't keep on preaching and being in the ministry. If God's dead. Right. I mean, I, I know I was exaggerating it, but it was the way I felt at that time. And that night... Um, the children were in bed. I, Jenny said, well, tell me. So I can remember we lay there together. And I told her, I, I don't know what's going on, but I feel this deep, deep, I suppose it was a kind of depression, certainly deep discouragement. And Jenny just listened. And I remember it must have been about 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. And she reached out and put her hands, one on each side of my face, and looked into my eyes and said, I love you. I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. So I thought she loves me. Wow. And those those hands those hands were the hands of God. Yes. And that listening was listening with God. So if we we can do that for each other, we don't and we don't necessarily have to have smart things to say. If we have wise things or good ideas, of course. But uh, she she was she was the listening touching the listening hands of God to me at that point. And we can do this for one another. Remember another top executive here in Charlotte talking over dinner one time about how he and some men went out to the, on a men's retreat way up in the desert, the Sinai Desert, and their leader said, I want you to walk out to everybody 10 minutes a different direction and spend the whole day just being silent. He said it terrified me, but he said it changed me. And we, over dinner, he said it really changed me. And I said to his wife, her name was Ann. I said, Ann, did it change him? He said, oh, yes. I said, how? She said, he listens to me. Wow. But without having to tell me what to do, without having to give me an answer. But that silent time, he made, anyway, again, learning to listen. I think that's, I think it's very powerful when people really hear your heart. And, you know, when your wife told you I love you that many times, you know, I know when uh, my husband was the one that found my biological parents for me. And the fact that he heard my heart and because I really was okay. I mean, I knew my parents loved me and all these different things, but he found those people for me. And when I saw a picture of my biological father, it was the first time I ever looked like someone. And it was it was amazing. So him listening, he really heard that. I never said very much. I just said, yeah, that would be really nice. But he really heard and he made something happen. And so I think people many times don't realize that it's the listening and not listening to our own voice or our own head or wanting to assuage their pain so that we really hear from the Lord what they, what they need to hear. Pardon for interrupting, but my dog was not listening to me. I told him to be quiet. I heard you, <laughs> little dog. Don't so, so pardon that. That's fine. Well, we love pets on this show, so just so you know, <laughs> we don't mind. So, 
Excuse me, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I'm very glad that you were able to give some good examples about really how people listen and how you felt when your wife listened to you. So you've turned that into an entire ministry. And, uh, you know, in this next segment, we're going to talk really at length about what it means to truly do active listening and listen to people. So thank you again for joining us and make sure you don't miss the next segment with Leighton Ford. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. We are in our last segment. So if you are just tuning in, make sure you go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And you just if you just push the button at the top of the homepage that says radio, it'll take you right to the most current show, and you can listen from your computer. Or you can go to your favorite podcast service, and we are on the majority of those. So we have Leighton Ford with us today. And he has a great, um, just this really fabulous ministry that he has done and that has has really come into fruition for many, many years. And it's um, he does whole life ministries. He does ministry consultation services. He does leadership coaching for pastors, um, all kinds of different ways to really help the body of Christ and anyone that is seeking Christ to truly get the things that they are needing. And the biggest thing that humans need, we know, is to be heard. So, Leighton, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Cynthia. I'm enjoying our conversation. Thank you. I enjoyed hearing your puppy in the last segment. (laughs) (laughs) He wanted to be on. (laughs) He's a a Tibetan terrier, and he was a a godsend to it. Oh, wow. And another dog that ran under my car several years ago, and that was devastating. And the Lord sent along the most loving a veteran terrier. Oh, a buddy, and he would like to be on your show. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. What's his name? Buddy. 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 Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Name. Well, good. Well, we're glad to, we have heard that he got to speak a little bit and was heard. <laughs> so good. tell us, tell us about this ministry and what you do with the mentoring and how you do it and how long it is or, you know, just all the details of it. We'd love to know. My uh, first, uh, not many years of my ministry was spending, uh, working, of course, first with my brother-in-law, Billy Graham. I've been introduced in many ways as Billy Graham's brother-in-law, once as his sister-in-law, and once as a man who married Billy Graham's brother. <laughs> so that was that some interesting introductions. Uh, but I had the privilege, first with him and then myself, to uh, have this great joy of making Christ known around the world. But when I was near 50, Jeannie and I both felt maybe there was something new or different the Lord might have for us, and we so we're thinking and praying and reading scripture. And right around that time, we, uh, we went through a very deep loss. We have three wonderful children, our daughter Debbie, our son, youngest son Kevin, who's joined me now in the ministry, and our son uh, Sandy, who is a runner, loved the Lord, uh, long-distance runner in school. But he had a runaway heart. It started first when he was 14, uh, and it was a, there was an electrical problem in the heart. They had to do surgery to correct that. We thought it was fixed. Then when he was in his third year at the University of North Carolina, uh, running one night, it came again. His heart would beat like 300 plus beats a minute. 
Oh my goodness! Once, once more, they had to do the the, uh, the surgery for him, and uh, this time we we thought that they would they would fix it, but we could, they couldn't get his heart to start again. We didn't expect that, so it was a terrific loss to us. And wow. uh, partly partly out of that loss, plus the fact that I'd seen there was a whole new generation of younger men and women that the Lord was calling around the world. I thought maybe that's what we should be doing. So we started with one young man, then we went from that to uh, to others, and late in four ministries came uh, got underway. So that's what I've been involved in for these recent years, really trying to be a listening friend, uh, like Paul was with his young friend Timothy, who said, I want you to stir up the flame that is within you. So um, we had the privilege of, uh, we started with a group of uh, just about 10 or 12 men and women that God had, had called to different kinds of ministry. And since then, it's been, I started a number of different group, uh, groups that we meet together. One of them I just met with this morning, with people from uh, Germany, from the uh, United States, from various parts of the world. And uh, it's been life upon life. It's, it's, it's just really listening to each other. And uh, so do so they that's, come, been, that's been the focus of late four ministries. Do they, do they come to... Um... Do you have a, a site that they come to, or do you do virtual, or is not that a, not home? a particular? Not yeah. Some of them are, some of them are just coming here, right where I'm sitting, and some <laughs> and just uh, we'll have two or three days together. I'll listen for, with them for two or three hours. They go off to nearby lake place to be alone with the Lord. We also have found it's important to have a group. My first group we call our point group. We've been meeting together for thirty years. I have another group a little bit younger. And about 30 groups around the world of men and women who are in ministry and who, um, who have found that this they, to be together, not, I'm, it's not just with me, I'm with one person, but listening to each other is powerful. And I think right now, especially in the United States, uh, pastors are, are struggling at this point with uh, COVID-19 and everything changing, tremendous challenge for them, as well as how do we reach the younger generation that are not is interested in the things of the Lord. So there's a huge need for doing that kind of listening. My son especially has done a lot with pastors across the country is involved in that. So I find, and I found it very fulfilling, whereas you know, I've spoken before to groups of 100 or 1,000 or larger than that. Now to sit with uh, two or three people and listen deeply and carefully to them, I found that's been very rewarding for me personally. Um, oh, I agree. I, I mean, I've done a lot of speaking myself as well, and I do enjoy that. But when I s- sit just across from one person or a couple and and really get to help them know how to hear themselves, for one, and to hear what, what they are truly needing, and for them to, to get that experience of being heard and being seen, it is very meaningful. So when you teach mentors... Like if we had people that were listening to the show wanted to to know how to get training in what you do, is it only, do you have people all over the United States that do this, or is it only at the site where you are? Uh, it's uh, it's different place. Well, as far as our own particular ministry, uh, it's different sites wherever we, where, wherever we can meet with people. We're going to expand this, uh, the opportunities. But the main thing we're doing is, is encouraging not only our ministry but others to make mentoring a major part of their leadership development. So uh, uh, so what is the mentoring like, like that you all do? Listening. Yeah. <laughs> Just listening. <laughs> yeah, really, but we don't, 
Uh, well, let, let me go a little bit further okay. than that. Okay. Uh, there's a book I'd recommend. Not my, my own book is good, but here's another one. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's called Lifelong Leadership. It's by Mary Kate Morris, who's the dean of Portland Seminary, and that press has published it. And she is she is capsuled. She helped to develop the whole of our mentoring, and she's the one who has uh, has put this into a really self- well, someone who's really interested in learning about mentoring, I would highly recommend that. So say Lifelong this, Listening. Lifelong Listening? By okay. Mary Kate Morris, M-O-R-S-E, from Math Press. That, that, tells us, that tells the story of our mentoring, and, it, and I would highly recommend it. But I, you know, I think of it not in terms of, of programs, in terms of people. I was, uh, when we were starting our ministry, a hurricane came through Charlotte. The very same day, we were going to have a strategic planning meeting to decide how we are going to organize all this. We had to cancel a meeting, and the next week I was alone up at the lake, and uh, I just, it seems as if the Lord was saying to me, uh, you're not going to make a difference in the world by multiplying programs, but by investing in people. And I made a list of about 12 people that came to mind. I called them my GTTW list, guys and gals to watch. I got to know them, took them with me, prayed with them, listened to their hearts. That became what we call our point group, and that was the uh, that was the first of what is now. They in turn did others, and they in turn did others. It's been very organic. So we're hoping others will pick this up, learn about it, and, and follow it through. And I can, you know, I... When people ask, what, say, what's your, my mission statement now? At this point in my life, it is to be an artist of the soul and a friend on the journey. Oh, I love and that. Say that again. To be an artist of the soul and a friend on the journey. And that began for me, um, when, I was, when I was in my early 60s, I was in Vancouver, Canada, where my son was in graduate school. And I got bored with study one day and reading, and I picked up a book on painting. I had never thought of painting in my life. <laughs> and uh, I, did, I actually found out when I met my birth family the first time that one of my closest relatives in Canada was the most famous artist in Canada of the last century. My but I goodness. didn't know that was in. Yes. So I've been painting ever since, particularly in watercolors. But that became very important to me and because painting was helping to see in a different way, paying attention. So, um, and, and I remember vividly back in Vancouver, one of the men I mentored, uh, that I'd known for two or three years, said, said uh, in his early 30s, he said, I, I think God has called me to this certain church. We were sitting in the car outside this church. He said, uh, I sense that God has called me to tent church. But he said, they've been through hard times. That they've had over 20 pastors in the last 20 years. Oh, my goodness. He said, so they've been shrinking down, though there's a handful of older folks that are going there. But somehow God is saying they, they come. And he said, I'm not sure that I have what it takes. And I remember saying to him, Ken, remember this. God is an artist. God doesn't do copies. God does originals. And I said, God is going to do something through you in a way that perhaps no other one could do it in that church. So we prayed together about that. And across the uh, the years, like Ken's Japanese-Canadian, the, mm. uh, the church has grown. They have younger people. It's, uh, it's multi-ethnic now. Received the Governor General's Award in Canada for their service to the community in a very secular city. But um, it really, with Ken, he had the gift, he had the calling, but he needed someone just to say, Look, God's an artist. He's going to paint something through you that's going to be beautiful. 
And we can do that with our children, with our grandchildren. I, we have a, a, a grandchild coming to stay with us over the weekend uh, who's 14, very gifted, but going through a time of, you know, she's talked about oppositional children. Right. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, she, she goes through that. I want to be a person who can listen to her without judging, but pointing her and helping her to listen to the Lord. Monday, Monday morning, I'm going to uh, lead a treat of my granddaughter, 33, working in Seattle with Microsoft, growing very deeply spiritually. And we'll have an hour on Zoom, and then she's going to spend the whole day off in a lake someplace just listening to God, what God wants to do in her life. So this isn't just for people in ministry. Pastors need it. Others need it. Professionals need it. What about in our own families, our own marriages? Absolutely. I, I think that's really well said because we do need to stop and and pace ourselves. You know, our, our society is going at a pace that humans were never intended to go. And so when we stop and just listen and relax, I think that we have a much more meaningful exchange. And it's oftentimes healing. And many times I have clients say to me, I don't know what you did all through therapy, but I just know that I'm better. And so it isn't always the things I say. It's the time I spend with them. So we have about one more minute. So, Leighton, what would you like to to give the listeners in the last minute here? Well, I, I certainly I hope that what I've learned myself, and I've tried to put this down on my own memo, I like listening. But um, I would just say, I remember when I was going through a sort of rough time years ago, and a friend quoted to me, be still and know that I am God. And said, say that over and over again, talking one word each time. Be still and know that I am God. Be still wow. and know that I am. Well, be thank still you. still and know yes. that I am God. Well, Leighton, thank you so much for spending an hour with us. I appreciate all you've had to say and, and just the encouragement that you've given the listeners. So if you can stay on the line. I'd like to talk to you just after the show here. So listeners, make sure you take time to listen to this show and that you really take in how important listening, listening really is. Have a blessed week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from our website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Be-